Hello, hello, and welcome back to Opinion or Opportunity. I am your host, Don Gringo, and I'm fortunate enough here today to have a friend and family member in the house. He has a veteran's uh, degree, and he's obviously more educated than I am because he's not doing this than I am. So uh, we're going to bring him out today. But today's episode, we're going to talk about Trump, the military, and uh, what Biden's saying Trump is doing with the vets. I want to talk about the election, the woes we're facing the possible results that and the outcomes of it uh, a little bit more extensively. I know we've discussed it in the past, but I want to you know, talk about it a little bit more. Of course, we you know with him having him here, I want to talk about rioting, looting, and of course, Biden calling on conservatives to stop rioting and looting, but not uh, the liberal supporters, you know, not his voters. So we're going to go over that. I want to touch a little bit because um, I, was, I was reading a little bit about Biden's tax plan that he put out. Uh, not many people were uh, talking about that this week. But there is one major point in the tax plan that affects everybody. The tax plan really does go after people who make a lot of money more. But there is one point, one big point that affects everybody. So we'll go over that. And of course, we've got to talk about it. Didn't get a chance. Happened earlier in this week. We got to go over Salon Gate. You know, we got to go over uh, what, what what we call her, Nasty Palooza or Bag of Bones Pelosi. So here it is. <laughs> we've talked about this before. I'm going to give you the alarm. This is your chance to walk away. I will insult you or I will insult you without trying to. But either way, this is your chance. Walk away now. So if you stuck around, you are looking for trouble or you are looking for the pain. So let's bring it. So first, let me introduce him. We're going to go by a pseudonym or author name for him. We're going to call him Sarge because he did serve in the military for a while. As a matter of fact, he served longer than I did. Um, and also because of the volatile uh, nature of politics today, um, with him still being a working man and whatnot have you, uh, we just don't need to cause any problems. So without further ado, let me introduce Sarge. He's going to go into a little bit about his background so you guys will understand that he is a real person. So Sarge, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Don. Uh, well, at the start, I started my career in the military uh, at the age of 17. went to boot camp, uh, completed boot camp. Uh, as a member of the National Guard before transferring to the active military service, uh, the active army. Uh, spent most of my young adult life from the age of 17 to 34 in the military uh, when I was separated uh, due to medical issues. And then after that, I worked for the federal government and state governments writing uh, military doctrine uh, policies, uh, cl classes, and teaching classes for military uh, and state government and federal government agencies, uh, law enforcement. So I do have a law enforcement background, background in military intelligence and infantry tactics. So that's basically my career in a nutshell. Like I said, smarter than me, but uh, let's really get into it. So, you know, obviously with us both being veterans, the first thing that we really got to bring up. So we're going to do something different. We're going to do the news backwards this week because I think I think Biden did, uh, you know, foot and mouth, you know, maybe head up his ass. I don't know which way you want to you know, call it. But the one thing I really wanted to say when I was watching the news and, and really 
watching him speak was really simple. Cállate. Cállate la boca. Por favor, por favor. I just wanted to tell him to shut the fuck up. Okay, because obviously I have my opinions, but, uh, you know, um, I will I will probably say this, and I think you're going to agree. I don't think that Biden and Obama were friends of the military, friends of veterans, but uh, I, want, I want to hear your point of view because you did serve longer than me, and uh, you served um, under those presidents for a little bit, so... Let me let me get your thoughts and feelings on on Biden veterans and the military today versus what it was. Well, partially uh, this is partially a problem because you really don't know what Don feels about the military. I'm sorry, not Don, but Biden. Uh, Biden's been around the military for years, uh, had a son in the military, uh, Bo Biden, who passed away from brain cancer a few years ago. He's proud of Bo, but, you know, as a vice president, he really didn't do a whole lot to help the military. Uh, president Obama didn't either. If anything, they've stripped the military down. Uh, they allowed our equipment to become antiquated, and we found ourselves borrowing from Pete to pay Paul as we, as we cannibalized aircraft uh, to put parts on other aircraft. And uh, I'm going to go back even a little bit further. This is like back in the Clinton days, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but Hillary was not a friend of the military either. Historically, Republicans tend to want smaller government, stronger military, stronger contractors. Democrats are more for smaller military. So the best way to shrink your military is to get rid of some of the equipment. Um, the Republicans uh, tend to take the surplus equipment and give it to police forces to use because, as you and I know, uh, the police are outgunned on the streets. Uh, back in the days when they had 38s, 38s were no match to an AK. And then they switched to 9mm and, uh, and 40s. It's still outgunned, so people still complain about ARs on the street and militarization of the police force. And uh, well, I, I got to I got to say, I don't think we have to worry about militarization of the police force under sure. Biden because, you know, he's not saying let's let's defund them. He's just saying let's reallocate the money. So that's that's political speech for me. Like we're going to defund this, right? I mean, it's just like how stupid do you think we are? But in all honesty, I mean. I sit here thinking about these politicians. Pinche bendels. Bendels everywhere. Pinche politicians, bro. I mean, seriously, they think we're all stupid. You know, and the one thing, too, it's just funny, you know, you, you brought up Bo Biden uh, dying of brain cancer and serving in the military. But under Biden and Obama's watch, I mean, we had more veterans dying in the VA healthcare system than any other president. So give me your thoughts on that, because I know you are obviously going through the VA now. Right. Uh, also, you know, one of the biggest uh, critics of President Trump, uh, Senator Duckworth, who was the um, assistant secretary of the VA during that administration. And under her watch, uh, and the Obama watch, we had veterans in uh, the hospitals in Walter Reed in D.C. area in rooms with mold. How, how are you going to get well from a respiratory issue when you have mold growing in the walls, up the walls in your room? And you look in that hospital and the place was crumbling around. And that's what 
we've uh, gone through with some of the military and VA hospitals, uh, you know, even some of the housing, uh, they say they're looking out for the vets, but we have cases right now open where uh, there's an open lawsuit for mold in the military housing that's been privatized. So there's really no explanation. You can say that you're for the military, but that lip service does nothing without action. Well, the lip service can be do nothing without action, but I think the problem here is, you know, real estate, when you bring up the mold, I wasn't, I'm not, I can't remember exactly if it was due to the, them finding the Chinese sheetrock and all these civilian houses. Next thing you know, they're finding it in, um, you know, the VAs want to have you or vice versa. But I mean, that mold issue is just like, it's like a drip of water in a barrel. I mean, we've had, you know, breakdown of the VA for so long. I'm not saying Biden and Obama are the only ones who, who did it, you know what I mean? But it came to a head. Like, under like, their watch. Under their watch. I mean, right, absolutely. So I really do think, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, Biden saying that, you know, um, Trump doesn't care about vets, I mean, not that long ago, I think it was a month or two ago, you were saying that the VA system was, you know, get everybody in as, as soon as possible because Trump was looking to help everybody he can because it's been, I don't want to say looser or laxer, but it's been easier to get into the VA system and get help than it has been in years. Well, and part of that is because President Trump decided he wanted these cases closed down in less than 110 days. Uh, so if you put in a claim, he wanted those done immediately, expedited. Uh, I did a claim uh, recently, and uh, it was a review. And within two weeks, I was being called in to do a physical for that claim. And the determination was made within a month. So things have gotten faster in trying to get appointments. It's been uh, the, the time for appointments has actually decreased. Even during COVID, uh, a lot of people can actually get seen or at least talk to a medical provider uh, at a faster rate than they could under the Obama watch. Yeah, but what was the time frame difference between, say, Biden, Obama versus under the Trump administration? How, how much of a difference are you seeing just in the change of administration? Uh, before, under the Obama-Biden watch, it was about uh, six to eight months from the time you submitted your, uh, your claim to the time you got your first call. That's a significant difference. So another thing I want to bring up is he says that uh, you know, Trump is, is no, no friend to the military. But I, if I remember recently in the matter of like a year or so ago, didn't he give the military like the biggest raise they had ever seen in like decades? I mean, am I not wrong in thinking that this man actually did pay military personnel more money than they have gotten in fucking decades, or am I just am I just no not no remembering history right so far? No, you're right, and I think part of the reason Trump gets a lot of flack about it is because he's not a veteran. Because you know he got an exemption from Vietnam due to bone spurs, and everyone decides, oh, he's a coward and wait, opted wait, wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Oh shit! 
<laughs> that motherfucker had money and he didn't want to go. Daddy was making sure. Daddy was making sure that Junior wasn't going nowhere. And I'm not talking Don Junior, folks. I'm talking Donald Trump. But regardless of the fact, when you when you're looking at this, well, that's no different than anybody else. Money gets you out of stuff. Well, isn't there a policy <laughs> though? If I remember, because I did serve, and I remember when I served, Riddick Bowe actually joined the military. He actually got out because of he had financial obligations. Never mind, he couldn't pass. He didn't do good in boot camp. And I'm the first motherfucker to sit there and say, I saw that guy running around Paris Island. He thought he was a champ until he actually had to start doing some stuff. But regardless, they let him go, and they didn't give him a dishonorable. They let him go under a general discharge because of financial obligations. Basically, the motherfucker had money. Right. I mean, so there is that there is that thing right in the military. If you oh, yeah. got money, you can pretty much opt out. Well, it's just like back in the Civil War. If you had money, if your parents had money, you could buy your commission. You were automatically, you know, 18 year old lieutenant. No schooling, no anything. Hey, your parents bought the job for you. And that's just how it's been. But, you know, that's the reason the Democrats give uh, give Trump so much flack. They're like, well, your daddy got you out of this. And, you know. Who are you to tell us how to do our job? But but I do want to bring it back, though. And, and I, I think I forewarned you on this one that uh, then the liberal media is not all wrong. Now, I'm not a liberal, and but I do I do believe that I, I've brought this up in past episodes. I'm kind of a more of an independent. I lean kind of conservative. I do think we need to have progress. But that progress has to be wrapped up in the American flag and constitution so that it still is uh, part of the American dream, even though it's a modified progressive American dream that you no know, nothing is above the constitution, no politician, no nothing, right? But, uh, you know, Trump, when he was running in 2016, he did talk bad about John McCain, right? He was he was a loser because he got caught. And then, of course, he did talk bad about the Gold Star family. So with that being said, give me your thoughts on that, because I don't want to sit here and be a liberal bashing douchebag because they do it to themselves enough. I mean, but in this situation here, I got to say they do have I don't want to say legs. They're, they're on their knees, right? They're on their knees. I'm not sure what they're doing on their knees, but they're on their knees. OK, and uh, they do have a couple of points and it's actually to their credit that I mean I think it's the only thing CNN can actually talk about that has some honesty in it. So let's let's really discuss that. Well, I think also you know like you said, uh, it wasn't presidential for him to say what he said about uh, Senator McCain or the Gold Star family. Uh, I'll, I'll caveat that by saying uh, the president is not the most articulate individual in the world. Uh, his filters sometimes get clogged. And he says what he's thinking out loud. Ah, caray. <laughs> and so what he has to do is learn how to throttle back. Uh, even if he's feeling, personally, I think the jab at uh, Senator McCain was a personal jab, but it was off color. It was out of place. You can't and say that term. You can't say that term. Yeah, I can. Off color. <laughs> you can't say that. But it was out of place because, you know, he's finding a play a way to dig at his former opponent or someone that he felt was undeserving of some of the medals and accolades they received and uh and in the process he insulted any former POW or prisoner of war that was captured 
Yeah, but I think we've discussed this in the past because me and you do talk frequently about this both being vets. I mean, I think one of the problems here, and I think this comes into what I want to segue into next, which is like election results, right? We've served under some pretty shitty COs. And if you're out there and, and, and you're an officer. Sniper check. Um, yeah, yeah. With that being said, though, I mean, if you think that you are wonderful, uh, you are only as wonderful as the people thought underneath you were bottom line i don't i don't care what anyone says but we both had to serve and i think one of the things that makes the military different is it doesn't matter who's in the chair in the white house we have to listen to the commander-in-chief right i mean that's that's the bottom line and i think the american people have kind of lost that way that you know unfortunately maybe you're not part of a uniform of one of the, the four branches and of course the coast guard or you're not sitting there in the National Guard for your state, which can be called up and, you know, obviously under, falls under federalized. federalized, right, and falls under the, the national government. But with when you're wearing a uniform, it's kind of different because there's something bigger than there's something bigger than you. There's something bigger than your local community, than even your base. It's bigger. It's worldwide organization that is bound to the man who running the country and you're there protecting your 330 million American people, never mind just your family. So I think when we're looking at all the woes today, you know, where, you know, for instance, I think it was what, back in March or something like that or, or, or April when um, uh, Kamala Harris, which, you know, I don't know who she did, had to uh, up to get that position, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, brought it up that you no know, people should riot, people should keep going. No, this should be done. And of course, you know, you, when you look at it today too, you also have the um, Biden campaign, which now includes Kamala Harris as an AG, um, donating money to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, who is now letting rapists and murderers and people who are attacking police go. They're bailing them out, right? And whatever happened to like? civility and unity and we're gonna be the better versions of ourselves so i i think i think tell me tell me this going into this question though tell me tell me if this would make a difference and i'm gonna let you respond but tell me if this would make a difference i think the united states should do what israel does i think every person should serve two years in some branch of the military in some capacity, and I think maybe, just maybe, that might change people's minds. Tell me what you think. Well, you know, serving a couple years doesn't tend to hurt anyone because then you don't have recruiting problems. You don't have, uh, you don't have those kind of uh, backdoor drafts like the stop loss programs. You know, people can actually get in, get a jump start on their career, and and get a trade, learn something. You know, decide what they want to do. Uh, while they're deciding what they want to do when they grow up. So it's not such a bad idea. But I also want to caveat what you said before about uh, Senator Harris. Uh, you know, she's known as a prosecutor in California who, uh, as one uh, African-American minister recently said, uh, she was known as Sister Lock her Brother Up because she was putting people into the prison system, you know, at, at alarming rates. You know, her job was to prosecute and put them off the streets. Now she's like, well, I know you're out here doing your rioting and looting. Maybe we should uh, take up a fund to get them out. And then you have another, um, can't think of the name, out in California, um, politician telling people, well, the AG, I believe, or DA, one of the DAs saying that uh, we need to consider their needs before we lock them up for theft.
What world are we living in? What world? Oh are they no, living no, in? It's, no, no. It's worse than that. Remember, California passed a law, state law, I believe, it's state law, where it's if you are stealing a thousand dollars in property or less, you are not subject You're to exempt. arrest. That's right. You're exempt. A thousand dollars less. Now, now I'm going to segue later into something which I think we both agree on. But yeah, she comes out of this weird thing under again Obama and Biden as an AG out in California. Locking people up, pretending to be a woman of color. Lady, you're Jamaican and Indian. Well, you ain't even African, lady. Well, color. Well, it's a different type of color. You're more brown than black. I'm sorry. You got a little bit of slanted-eyed brownie in you, and you're all of a sudden, you're, you're, and I'm not, listen, I'm a white guy saying this. I know you're black, and I'm not, we, we, we both love each other. I'm just saying that. You know, we talk about culture appropriation and how are you going to go in there and you're going to be vice president claiming you're a woman of, of you know, I'm, I'm black. You're not black. There's nothing black about you. Your father's Jamaican, bro. Your, what, your mother's Indian. I mean, it's amazing those two people met because one's in the subcontinent, one's on this island. Somewhere, someone's having fun somewhere. Well, they consider Jamaicans black but not African-American. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you get in where you can fit in. And so, you know, with that said... Get in where you fit in? So, like, that white professor who claimed to be black all this time that recently came out? So, so the black people are going to accept her right now because why? She may be black cool again, right? Well, all of a sudden now, this is a white lady. Only for a second because, you, as you remember, the uh, lady that was uh, posing as a black NAACP president at one point... Uh, for a sect, uh, for a section, uh, once they found out she was Caucasian, she got ostracized and called everything but a child of God. So you know it's crazy. They flip. It flips when it's convenient. And right now, you know, our world, our country is upside down. You know, uh, upstanding citizens are sitting in a restaurant eating, but it's okay for rioters to walk in and flip their tables over, and say Black Lives Matter. Although Black Lives Matter is claiming. Some of their leaders are claiming that they are Marxist. Okay, you and I fought our whole career to avoid Marxism and communism. And uh, I'm not trying to live under that rule. Well, I mean, <clears throat> we can we can definitely talk about BLM and all its stupidity that no, it's I actually I actually do believe Black Lives Matter started out as a good thing. I think the problem here is like any major movement, it gets... They should have put two at the end of it, though, <laughs> because every life matters. It's just a, what they should have said. It should have been a way of saying, hey, I know you matter, but we matter, too. Think about us when you're thinking about people. No, no, and I get it. Listen, and a lot of people get upset, but here's the thing that I have a problem with, okay? First off, um, Black Lives Matter is going after a segment, right, uh, of the uh, crime against them that is like point. Three percent, not even one percent. Point three of one percent, right? And I'm not pointing out anything that's not statistically accurate, but most of their their violence is you no know, black on black crime within the inner cities. It's not even like you know we're talking about Nebraska, Vermont, or or Colorado. We're talking primarily L.A., Chicago, especially Chicago, urban areas, New York City. We're talking places like this. And as a matter of fact, with all this, the defund the police stuff, crime is up huge in those cities. I mean, 
honestly, I mean, how do you, as, as a actually black man, I can't, cause I don't want to have my total opinion on this, but as a black man, and you grew up where again? Uh, just outside of Chicago. So talk about it. Cause I can't talk about it like you can talk about it, cause you grew up in Chicago, outside of Chicago, decades ago when shit was really bad. When Cabrini and Robert Taylor Holmes were still in in the area, and I'll tell you. Uh, there were times, you know, Chicago's a beautiful city uh, when you look at the skyline. Uh, but like any other major city, once you get out of the downtown area, you go a couple blocks in, you're in the thick of it. Um, I got turned around in a recruiting car once from the military up there in Chicago. And uh, I pulled over to ask a gentleman for direction. And he looks at me and says, man, do you know where you are? And I'm sitting there thinking if I knew I wouldn't be asking you. But I said, no, sir. Uh, he goes, well, you're in Cabrini Green. Now, I'm on a one-way street. But I'll tell you, that little Ford Tempo got beat up getting around there, getting out of there, doing a U-turn back out. And no cop would stop me. Now, with that being said, you know, even if you're white, black, it doesn't matter. If you're not known in certain neighborhoods, you are a target. And uh, a lot of the crime, you know, right now, this whole Black Lives Matter thing, uh, okay, I'm happy that people are acknowledging that my life matters. However... They're only saying my life matters if it's if it's involving a police officer. Okay, those babies who are being killed in these riots, shot in the chest in the stroller, nobody's out marching for those babies. Everybody's marching, but let some guy, some grown man who was in the wrong place doing the wrong thing, or who assaulted the police and got killed, get killed by a cop. Then we're burning the city down. We're we're. Uh, mobbing and robbing and we got our priorities out of uh, out of out of place right now you know with that being said I mean I'm not one to judge because you know I've been on both sides of the law I mean you know my history you know me we're, we're pretty much family but when when we discuss you no know, this Black Lives Matter movement I think the one thing that bothers me is and, and I've talked to my wife and you know obviously she's first generation Mexican I've, I've said that on this channel before but what bothers me is this. It's like when you die, you've done nothing wrong in life. All of a sudden, all the bad, dirty deeds you've done are gone. You're getting buried in a gold goddamn coffin, and you're going to heaven. Like, hell doesn't exist for the people who've done wrong. I mean, let's, let's face it. And that is the problem. We're making martyrs not out of the babies getting shot in this role. We're making martyrs out of grown-ass men who turn around and have done dirty shit their whole fucking lives. When they get arrested, during the process of doing dirty shit. Now, whether, whether or not if you're on drugs and blah, 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 or you're running from the cops because they're looking for you, your ass got a warrant and shit like that. But you've done dirty shit. What about, I mean, come out for the people that matter. I can stand behind that more. Well, kind of like Brianna, uh, um, Brianna Taylor. Taylor. She was in her bed sleeping, got shot eight times. I understand. Yeah, but that came out recently, too. That came out recently, too. This is a funny thing. So I was looking at that. So her boyfriend supposedly claims he was the one that shot the gun. But don't you, don't you know when the report was actually read? The police fired 20 bullets. Now, mind you, he shot the gun. He claims he shot the gun. 20 bullets were fired by law enforcement. Eight hit her out of 20. Something's not right with the math there, man. One shooter on the inside, they fired 20 bullets, but they don't hit him not once. They hit her eight times. Well, yeah, that's questionable. But the problem is, you know, once again, you got a life that's taken away and it's police, you know, induced 
or police involved and people are like, hey, let's go burn this down. And I don't understand why you would burn your own house down because you're mad at somebody else. It's just like the OJ riots. Okay, let's go back a few years when OJ Simpson was uh, uh, accused of killing his ex-wife, Nicole. People lost their ever-loving minds and started burning down the neighborhoods they lived in. They burned down Ray Ray's Corner Store. They burned down all the places that supported them when they were growing up. If you're that mad at the man, as you call it, go to Brentwood. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to go burn anybody's house down. But if you were that mad, that's the area you should have been going to. But you know why they don't do that? Because that place has what? Police patrols. So with that being said, let me ask. I know I know I put out there those facts about the Brianna case, but and that's the whole thing. It's questionable, right? I'm not saying she's guilty of anything, but it just doesn't make sense how the boyfriend is shooting, right? But he doesn't get shot at. So it does reason to be okay. It's questionable. With that being said, it's questionable. Wouldn't it be better just to tame the inner beast just a little bit? To see what the actual investigation outcome is. I mean, then again, if you find something and the man is fucking you all over again, yeah. then you riot. When they but, get acquitted. But, right. But let's let's be honest. OJ did it. I don't give a crap. Who, listen, I know you're sitting there laughing. No one can see his face. He's sitting there laughing. But I don't think there is a person on this motherfucking planet who thinks OJ was innocent. Here's the thing. People were just fucking happy because he was a black professional athlete who became a star oh, and he famer. got off period the end oh yeah <laughs> and that's one of those situations you know it's like saying who shot jr back in the days of dallas but i, I just dated myself on that but uh you know right now the biggest thing is though you know and i and i'm not saying this stuff to pick on black lives matter because i will tell you uh this whole rioting thing since the George Floyd case has uh, blown up and we have people from the woodwork coming out, we have Antifa coming out. Now, I do believe that there are a lot of peaceful protesters in Black Lives Matter in the organization and they came out to peacefully protest. Uh, we had one, uh, I, I saw a protest on the uh, news in Waco where they met at one of the bridges and it was a silent protest and everyone sat out there in silence and it was a silent, peaceful protest. Didn't have to call the police. Uh, but you go up the road in Dallas and some of the other places, and it's off the chain. Um, and that that deal that has a lot to do with the police climate too. You know, the community policing climate. But with that being said, there are a lot of peaceful protesters in the Black Lives Matter organization, and I do believe that some of those protests were hijacked by some of the other groups. But let me tell you, you got these black and white militias showing up and FAC and some of these others trying to meet each other in the middle and the KKK, you know, still hiding in the in the back, you know, while we're out fighting each other. Guess what? Our enemies are sitting there wringing their hands, waiting for the opportunity to come in here and take us over. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, like I said, I pointed out that I think Black Lives Matter started out as a positive thing for the right reasons just for some reason it was taken over and you know i want to say you know changed into this really bad thing i mean as far as black lives matter today goes they're not that far off of being antifa i mean they're just the black version of antifa i mean it's just another way of putting it now with that being said when we're talking about the riots i mean right now you have both sides saying they're not conceding this election so 
what's going to happen? Because let's be honest. I mean, you got you got Antifa out there publicly trying to get crowdsourced and crowdfunded for helmets, Kevlar helmets and body armor. I think they just finally fucking woke up and realized conservatives have more guns than we do. Right. So this is kind of like, you know, the conservatives, if they really wanted to, could get out there and, you know, without a hunting license, pretty much go hunting, you know, and they're like, well, shit, we don't want to be like that deer or bear out there with no, no, and just take a bullet. So maybe we should get some protection. I mean, I just don't get it today. Well, to piggyback off that, it's kind of like the meme that's floating around on Facebook saying, hey, you say you want to come out to the rural areas? Come on out. You know, we'll sit up in the tree and wait eight hours for something to pass to shoot at. And, you know, that's that's basically what Antifa's doing. They want to move into the neighborhoods now. Now, I'm going to go back to Chicago, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, you know, kind of like um, some other people we know, some of the other politicians that we'll mention later. You know, she tells people, uh, I'm shutting down these businesses, but I need a haircut because I'm a per- public figure. And then she lets people go down to the... Um, Gold Coast in Chicago and go downtown in the loop and destroy everything. Biggest Starbucks in the world, all the windows knocked out. But when they came to her block, I have a right to protect, uh, to protection, personal protection. Well, don't all the people who live in that city have a right to protection? Uh, you know, you put the bridges up during the riots, so you cordon people off to the different parts of town because you can't cross the river if you can't cross the bridge. But guess what? Grandma needs her medicine. So that means once the Walgreens on the south side gets burned, she has to get her medicine from the north. How is she going to get there? How are they going to get it to her? So let me, let me, let me segue this way because uh, I, I did kind of, I think, maybe put it in the wrong, the wrong light because I just get passionate about these things. But November comes, <laughs> right? November comes, <laughs> Biden wins. It's going to be ugly. Okay, so... The rioting stops? No, it's going to be worse. Now, I, I, I tell you, the coronavirus might go away. <laughs> you, really, you, you, really think, you really think the Democrats can do better on the coronavirus? No, 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 no. It just won't. It'll be a non-issue at that point. But, uh, you know, that's I'm just saying, because, you know, if you look at your Lysol cans and stuff like that, coronavirus has been on those cans for a long time as something that Lysol takes out. Take a good look at the back of that can. Coronavirus is spelled out on there. And it's been there for years. And so it's nothing new. However, it's something that's probably been tweaked. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. But it's probably been tweaked in a lab once or twice. <coughs> Wuhan. Uh, you know. And it may, and if you look closely, that Wuhan lab was funded by which administration? Oh, Obama Biden. They put millions of our taxpaying dollars into a lab in China for research why couldn't we put that into our own labs okay but if trump wins it's going to be ugly too because neither side wants to concede as don said so you know the worst case we go all the way up to january and nasty palooza becomes our new president interim okay so i said this in the last the last one i thought the same thing january 20th comes noontime comes no one's conceded right biden biden wins but the military won't come out to remove trump because that's what he said they were going to do and the military said uh no sorry we're not going to do that and then of course trump says no i'm not leaving the white house so nancy pelosi becomes acting president right so the last president to actually get elected this way was Thomas Jefferson in his first term. So basically now what ends up happening is they go to the House of Representatives 
and they do a roll call. Now, they don't do a roll call by actual members. They do it by state. So if this happens and it goes by state, of course, we both know scumbag Pelosi, bag of bones Pelosi, nastiest Pelosi ever, okay? She's probably going to make sure that that roll call doesn't get done until December 2021. She's going to push that as far as she can so she can remain acting president as far as long as she can, right? So they do the roll call. If you got to do a state by state, who wins? You have to do it state by state. Oh, man. Well, at this point, no one's going to win because we're going to be back in the status quo where we are right now. It's going to it's going to be ugly. Um, They're going to keep going. So got to pick a side. Oh, well, you know, I'm picking I'm hoping my side wins because the conservative side, you know. So you think you think if they had to do a roll call. In in the chamber that you think Trump pulls out a victory that way. It depends on what where the Senate lies. No, no, no. It's done in Congress. Done in Congress, not Senate. He's gonna hurt in the House because they have the majority. And just like when they impeached him, you know, they're gonna flip it. They're gonna try to flip it. And uh, here's the here's the uh, scheme. You know, Biden's not gonna spend the whole if he wins he's not going to do his whole first term he already said you know he's a transition president which in in my book i'm gonna get one term i'm not even gonna finish it because i'm gonna usher in this first female president and first female president of color and but you know what i'm thinking i think they should just do like president andrew jackson did you know when the guy accused him of uh cheating on a horse race just give him a couple guns and let him go duel it out. The winner is president. The loser, so sorry. Well, I mean, that's that's a pretty bold statement because I, I don't know if, if Biden knows how to shoot a gun. I mean, seriously, it's been so long. I mean, that means we win. That means we. <laughs> I mean, I go back into like my last episode. I don't think this guy's done pretty much an honest thing his whole his whole life because back in '88. He was plagiarizing back then on that UK guy, uh, Nicholas something, starts with a K. And then, of course, in that same thing, he turned around and lied about his education, how he was the top, like, 10% or whatever of his college and law. And he was the bottom 17%. Got caught on audio and video spouting all these lies. And and you want to know what the funny thing is? He doesn't fucking learn. He's been in Congress 47 politics though, 47 goddamn years, and here we are, right? He does a speech in 2008 DNC for Barack Obama. Then he right, comes out and does the same motherfucking speech he did in 88 plus 2008 for himself. Well, did he start it off with four score and seven years ago? Man, he couldn't even be smart enough to start out with we the people. Never mind that. I mean, if he said we the people, I'm really worried about what people he's fucking talking about. We the United States and China. We we what? Who's we? We the globalists, you know, because, you know, un- that's another thing. Under the last administration, uh, who created the Internet? Oh, America. But they wanted to make it a global ownership thing. You know, so who who was winning the space race uh, back in the days? Oh, we were. But guess what? They destroyed the space program, shut it down. And so what are we as the American people going to get out of this? You know, it, even if he does win, you know, he's making these promises and he's talking all this yang about what he's going to do. And and actually, no, he's not talking about what he's going to do, because I'm still waiting to hear that. He's talking about how bad Trump has been. And his only goal right now is to defeat Trump. Everybody's goal is to defeat, to defeat Trump, and they're not telling anybody what 
what they're going to do. And like I said before, I am not, or if I didn't say it, I'll say it now. I am not a diehard Trump fan. But after having Obama and Biden in office being apologists, telling no, uh, the U.S. is no greater than any other country, we needed a president that would stand and say, U.S. first. And I'm going to hold these countries that have been screwing us over for the last extra... Uh, however many years we're going to hold them accountable and we're going to make them pay their fair share and we're not going to be the world's police for everybody while everybody else sits back and watches well with that said too it's kind of funny because you said i want to got two different things that after you said that that i want to bring in but let's talk about the first one because i'm going to start off with what you ended so recently in the news trump is trying to put together a coalition out there right between japan and and some of the south asian countries and what australia pretty much like another nato what's your opinion on that one being a or veteran well you know right now well considering we've limited japan on their military uh or their lack of you know we we did promise to protect them after we dropped the bomb on them back in world war ii uh but you know there are some things where regionally we should set up some um or we should help foster or facilitate some coalitions around the world you know they have the european union uh now i will tell you (laughs) i'm not a big fan of um the muslim brotherhood because they don't play well with other kids but um you know you got the european union you know we have other places as long as it's peaceful you know we don't need to be going over there five years from now fighting people that we help you know this year well the other thing too which is kind of funny because we, you know we're talking about these coalitions and, and what not have you but the other thing i wanted to talk about was you said biden didn't put anything out so i don't really don't know but one thing before this episode we started discussing was you know biden's tax plan you know it doesn't it doesn't really affect the majority of us unless you have like five million dollars or more and blah 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 but for the the, the common you know middle class to lower class person there's really one part of this that really does make sense and i'm not talking about like for everything but if you know if you own your own home or you have a mortgage and you're trying to own your own home or something like that i mean and let's face it today i mean having a house is really more of someday i'm gonna have to sell it to have some money in the bank when i have to go into a nursing home or whatever have you or pass it on to my kids but biden's tax plan man that's kind of brutal to everyone he wants to raise the capital gains tax from 20 percent to 39%. It's 39%. His overall tax plan is like a 3.2 to 3.7 trillion dollar increase in collected taxes over a decade. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money and it affects everyone individually and the reason why that's important with him coming out there, I mean, the one thing I think everyone including a lot of democratic centrists, you know, Trump is the better guy for the economy. So now you really have to pick between paying higher taxes across the board with Biden or you know you know the economy is going to come back under Trump. So do we pick our pocket today or do we have to worry about our pocket tomorrow because of, of Biden? So how do you see that playing out? Well, I'll tell you, after living in Virginia for 10 years, that per- personal property tax over there is uh, nothing friendly. Uh, that personal property tax was outrageous. Uh, you paid tax on your house, any cars you had, if you had an RV, if you had a boat, you paid personal property tax on all of that um, every year. And then to make matters worse, you know, 
Uh, now they were saying also if if you're middle class and you make four hundred thousand or more, you know they would hit you with a little bit more in taxes too. Well, the only people at that point who aren't getting taxed uh, heavily would be the lower class, and I I can understand it to a degree. However, they're taking from the middle class more because there are more people in middle class than in the upper class in America, and the middle class is going to be destroyed uh, to pay for people who are making less or desire not to work. Um, yeah, but we no, that's kind of shifted, though, over the decades, because it used to be the middle class used to pay the brunt of the taxes. But let's face it, the rich right now, the top 5% pay the majority of the taxes in this country. It's not like it used to be. And I'm not sitting there saying that, no, rich people, you know, oh, my God, they're just getting away with robbery and what have you. But when you actually look at it, the type, if you're making, say, $200,000 a year or more, or a quarter of a million dollars a year or more, you're well off in, 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 in not, life today. Not in Manhattan. <laughs> no, no, not in Manhattan. But let's let's face it, though. A lot of those people who are making 100 grand or Moving more, south. They're, they're leaving, bro. I mean, I... Actually, the way I look at this is probably in the next five years, we're going to see a major shift in Congress because New York and California are going to have so much less representation because people are leaving in droves. Oh, yeah. You know, with part of it, too, not to cut you off, but part of it, too, uh, under this uh, new Democrat plan, you know, they're, they're kind of biting off a bit of the Bernie Sanders stuff, too. Let's get rid of personal home ownership. You know, let's make a city full of row houses, you know, and we have all these um, row houses here that people rent or buy or whatever. But you're not going to have a single family home. You know, that way we can cram more people in and we can uh, populate these uh, high density um, city centers, you know, so we can increase the votes in the states. And what's happening in those areas now? Oh, they're burning these places down. They're burning down the stores. That's where the riots are, you know, and that's part of the reason a lot of people are running from Manhattan. You know, you own a business in Manhattan. You've been out there. You've been um, in business for 40 years and some knucklehead decides they're going to burn your place down and you have nothing to do with the situation just because it's a target of opportunity. And so and why? Because the mayor not only is sitting by watching it happen, his daughter gets picked up for being out there and he decides I'm going to applaud her for making a stand and I'm going to shame my police officers that work for me. You know, and then this whole Governor uh, Como thing, knucklehead, uh, tells, puts out a threat and says if President Trump ever comes back to New York, he's going to need to bring an army. What kind of crap is that? He forgets to realize he's got four branches of the service, Coast Guard. Oh, and by the way, he owns your National Guard. So what what army do you want him to bring? Because he's got all of the above. And your police won't even stick up for you. So the police will turn on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's have some fun. Last thing I want to end off with is we got to talk about Salon Gate and we got to talk <laughs> about Nasty Palooza, Scumbag Pelosi, Bag of Bones Pelosi, any way you want to call her. No, I really hate that woman. I mean, I hate, I mean, really what she stands for. And this is my biggest problem about this is, is I don't think everyone understands. Um, we don't care about your goddamn California politicians. You elected them. You should have to deal with them just like you have to deal with the human shit all over your streets and the people leaving because of these nasty motherfuckers. Okay. I just don't get what you guys see in these people. And we should not be subject 
to the same torment that you're getting in California. But with that being said, I mean, I just I feel it's 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 goddamn heartbreaking that we put these California uh, politicians in such power and their state has been bankrupt forever. Okay, they just treat their citizens like garbage. They got the highest, some of the highest taxes in the whole country, if not the highest taxes, the highest cost of water in the whole goddamn country, rolling blackouts, and they're the only motherfucking state in the union who actually has shit patrol. Seriously. And they will fine you for capturing uh, rainwater because it's not your water. They will actually come and fine you for capturing rainwater in a barrel. Are they paying that to the Catholic Church? Because usually that's God's water. So are they paying that that in donations? Oh, no, that's probably going to Governor Newsom and his vineyard. Oh, did I say that? Sorry. Well, well <laughs> isn't, isn't Gover- Governor Newsom like the number one poster child for like U-Haul and Penske and everyone? He's the number one salesperson this year, right? Everyone's leaving California because of him. <laughs> well, he's also Nasty Palooza, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's nephew, which made it okay for her to call that salon up and say, hey, I need my wig tamed. Can you come and fix this for me? And uh, then when she got dimed out, I was set up. You want to know what a real setup is? It's when you take the whole House of Representatives and use the squad and all these other people that are trying to set up the president for impeachment for something he didn't do. It's Colonel Venman, and as a veteran, I'll say he needed to sit his, I'll be nice, he needed to sit down looking like uh, crew from freaking... Um, what was that movie with the minions? Uh, Despicable Me. There you go. No, no, no. I'm going to talk to you about setup. The fucking Democrats are so nasty with their whole term of setup. It's like Monica Lewinsky setup. I got the cum stained dress, bitch. Okay. He tur- she turned around. That, that, that salon owner was like, you know what? You turn around and want to do this dirty shit. I'm going to put you out there because guess what? You're hurting my income and my family. She's a single mom of two. Uh, girls under the age of 10 and then Nancy Pelosi wants to call her out as a setup but yet you turn around and used her to your benefit after telling the country for months how wrong Trump was wasn't acknowledging the science you gotta wear that motherfucking mask all the time well it's just like you know Governor Newsom shut down all the uh, businesses except his vineyards and his winery you know do as I say do not as I do these guys go out there you know she's Wearing her mask around her neck instead of over her face walking through the building and had the audacity to say that this woman set her up. No, you set yourself up by calling her. You knew the laws in that state, but you figured you would not be found out. So now own it. Take accountability for what you've done and stop the people from uh, trying to shame this uh, beautician and making threats against her family. All right. So let me ask a question. This, this is a setup. I'm letting you know this. this is a setup right now. All good. All right, ready? Your favorite Democrat. Living or dead. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there are some good people in the Democratic Party. Uh, but if I had to say my wait, favorite Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. On that, on that whole thing, I really, I really got to say this. You, you tell me there's good Democrats. Tell me one. You got to go looking. Are you talking politicians or Democrat supporters? Because King would be my favorite. Okay, let, let's King. talk. Let's talk politician because honestly, I mean, I can turn around and tell you some civilians that are good Democrats because I would call them centrist Democrats who are looking to compromise as long as there's a path forward in their way that just makes sense for everyone. They're willing to compromise, but that is a good Democrat. So I want you to tell me a good Democratic politician, and I'll give it to you, good or dead. Mm. 
right now uh let me see i might have to go digging a little bit um and this is sad um because i don't know enough of them because i stopped paying attention to them over the last couple years so there like i say there are some that will reach across the aisle uh but by name i really can't give you one right now ready i told you set up donald trump oh yeah Donald Trump was a long life fucking Democrat until he turned around and had to run against Hillary Clinton. He said, you know what? I can't do that against her in the same party. They ain't going to support me. So I'm going to go over to the Republicans because the one thing the Republicans love so much, money, money and power. That's where Donald Trump, that's why, that's the only reason why I think the, Demo- the Republicans embraced him was because there was a lot of the things that they all agreed on. And the top two was money and power because while the Democrats were out there trying to control the media narrative, narrative uh trump was out there filling a lot of federal vacancies in the court system i mean now it doesn't matter if biden gets in because when they start going to court you have a lot of conservative judges sitting on there i mean right now well and i think also you know part of the you know since hillary keeps bringing up her loss in 2016 i'll i'll, I'll take it there you know hillary to you part of the reason you lost in 2016 is because you're shady you know that uh, those thirty-three thousand emails we're still looking for. Um, the way you treated the military, um, we know about that too. You know the disabled veteran that walked up to you with the service dog, and you told him to get the effing dog away from you. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but I had to throw that out there because that's part of the reason you lost, Hillary. No, no, no. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why I could never vote for that woman. Well, she already had her eight years in office too. It does, yeah, she had her eight years. That's right. We we all knew that Bill Clinton wasn't running the presidency by himself. I mean, let's 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 say that right now. We both know if you probably put those two together, no, Hillary's One smarter. Brain. Hillary's smarter. But with that being said, she already served her two terms and what have you. But I gotta be. I gotta be honest. What really threw me off was the um, Benghazi. Really threw me off. And then you want to sit there. And, I was in D.C. when that happened. Yeah, you were in D.C. But what, what really throws me off is Benghazi. And then what throws me off is simply this. So you want to run the country. You want to be the strongest woman in power. But yet all these female victims that came forward that your husband either raped by their uh, silence with your support, by the way. Okay. And then your dumb ass before election couldn't be strong enough to get rid of him. But you want to sit there and think that we're smart enough or dumb enough to turn around and say, no, she loves him. She's been lady. You were there for money. You were there to finally rub it in Bill's face. Shut up. I got more power than you. That's that's really what this really came down to. And for me, it was Benghazi. And you couldn't even you couldn't even show strength in your own personal life. And then your scumbags with the the, the female victims. I just there was no way in hell I could support that. Well, and speaking of Benghazi, the other issue was, you know, the lack of empathy. You know, when you shouted, what difference does it make at this point? Well, for the families that look at the dinner table and don't see the father at that missing, at that empty seat, it meant something to them. To the children who will not grow up with their parent in the house, that meant something to them. To the daughter whose father can't walk her down the aisle for her wedding, it meant something to her. So it made a lot of difference. And your inaction screwed over for Americans. So you want to know why you didn't win. I'm just putting it out there so you can finally stop whining about it and put it to rest. You're shady. And because half the people who have had any uh, issues with you have found themselves dead. Next. 
Well, with that being said, we're going to probably end this, but I just want to put this out there that the this was this was great. We we talked about doing this. This has been a lot of fun. Most people don't realize I am Caucasian and Ed is black, and that's just the way it is. He is highly more educated than I am. There is that, and out of the two of us, I'm the only one who's really ever been arrested. So, you know, if you really take a look at the upbringing, I mean, we really both had you know really rough upbringings, but we have two different outcomes. But it's funny how we all come back on on certain things. And I've said this to in, in pretty much every episode. I honestly believe we all have a lot more in common. It's just how we get there, and I think we got to keep that in the back of our minds that it's about the long-term goal we'll find a way there if we work together but you can't turn around and go two different fucking directions there's no one talking to each other and think this is gonna work it doesn't work you go back to the commonality you actually sit down talk not talk to listen and and, and react but to listen and hear and then react and i think we just don't do that no more with that being said we're gonna end this one Again, I wanted to uh, thank Saj. We'll do it again. We'll have you back. But uh, if you made it this long, please subscribe. I'll talk to you later. Bye.